0: Welcome to the Metapod, a Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. They say Mark Einstein you got said it. that third time is a habit. <laughs> and you know what? Just because this is the third episode, this is the second attempt at the third episode and third attempt actually of scheduling this recording because uh, we had a little bit of we had a little bit of audio bugs in uh, the first go around and then poor old Jake uh, <laughs> didn't hear the alarm clock. So uh, this is the, this is the third time. So I, my apologies for this being late. We had it right I mean, on time. Sean was ready and. Uh, don't apologize I, I, to I, me. I scooped the, scooped Apologize
1: the pooch, to the listeners. The poop. They had to wait a
0: whole extra day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a whole extra day. <laughs> oh uh, my gosh. Well, I hope everyone's doing well. We've got a lot of great things to talk about. We've got results. We've got um, some different products coming out. And then we have a new segment that I'm now titling um, Jake Talk, I guess. No, it was Jake's uh, Soapbox. Jake's Soapbox, where I, I literally stand up. And you, even though you physically can't see it, I'll literally stand up. And I won't shut up about a certain topic because it's important. Yep. Um, but anyways, Sean, let's yeah. get the ball rolling. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I think the first thing we wanted to talk about, just to jump right into it, uh, was for anybody out there who's trying to qualify for the Players' Cup, get into that top 256 or whatever it might be in your region. The actual deadline is not on the, at the end of June. It is this Friday, the 26th. Now, I don't know exactly what time it cuts off. No idea how to translate that to wherever you may live, but... Just know that you should get all your points in probably by Thursday if you can uh, to be safe. But yeah, Thursday, Friday time period is when the cutoff is going to be for the Players' Cup qualification points. So just keep that in mind. Don't save your extra tickets and think oh, I'm going to get some play in over the weekend. No, it will be
0: too late. And it's actually pretty convenient that we had to, re, we had to re-record today because actually uh, people moderators of like the Pokemon training car game, TPCI, actually put out on their forums a uh, message, an update um, today. So kind of kind of works out. I'll just touch on it. I actually just thought of it. So I apologize for not mentioning it earlier, Sean, before we started. But This will be news um, to
1: me. You're breaking news to so many people right now.
0: Yeah, so um, they they've heard our things from the community about the discrepancies between the tournament rep and the Players Cup leaderboards um, and how it doesn't exactly match and how people are missing points, you know, left and right. I would say, like, I don't know a single person that is not missing points on the leaderboard as of right now. Um, And they've been able to identify what's happening and, you know, notice which results are not being calculated and they're actively working on that solution. So they know it's a problem. Um, It's literally ending this week. I wish they knew about it, like the first days that uh, people were saying like, hey. Missing points, but um, starting tomorrow, which is the day that you're listening to this episode, um, they'll be posting an updated list on the forum, so the PTCGO forum's website, um, that displays the current ranks of the top 500 eligible players in each region. Um, it'll include all tournament rep earned up to that date, and it'll be updated each morning um, PST. I don't know exactly what morning PST is. They don't give an exact time. Let me pull up my calendar real Probably quick. Probably by the time it.
1: this is out it will it will be out
0: the update will be yeah out. yeah you could probably go to it and find the Wednesday June 24th update but then they'll also give updates on the 25th which is Thursday Friday the 26th which is what we were talking about as the last day right yeah. to get rep and then also the 29th um, which is the following Monday June 29th so you can kind of see the final results of you know who who had these top finishes and you know what were the points i guess and it's nice to get an update on this because for four weeks this is this is week number four up till now we were in the fourth week of we did not know if tpci actually knew that points were being missing and how they were going to handle it but now at least we i I'm super happy that they have given us something. It's it's like 2 weeks late in my opinion, but I'm glad that it's something. Anything else you want to anything else you want to mention on that?
1: No, no, that's all the players cup stuff. I think we can move along to the results from uh, the tournament from last weekend.
0: Sweet. So there were there were four tournaments, four major tournaments in my opinion that went on. Um three of them were run by X. Um I think X kind of combined with the Neil Pye open on Sunday to do what they called the last chance qualifier, which was really, really cool. Um, So there was that one, the PokeX last chance qualifier. Six round Swiss, top cut, eight. Forty-seven players overall. Then you had the Tag Bolt, which was seven-round Swiss, forty-two players. The Perfection Two, another seven-round Swiss, top eight cut, seventy-seven players overall. So obviously, Perfection Two having the most people. But then there was another one that I think is a good one um, to talk about. I saw Josh Sutherland. I Sutherland. I always say your name wrong. I'm sorry, Josh. I know you. you I uh, <laughs> please don't hate me. Um, but I saw him post on Burbank about the Hegster um, tournament going on. Five-round Swiss, four top cut, had 13 players in it. One of the players that placed in top four, I know personally, um, who does a lot of tournament stuff. So um, exciting to see. There was a lot of great results. But um, what was kind of the, the biggest surprise, Sean, in your opinion, looking at these results? I mean, I, I
1: if I'm looking at these results right now, I think... It's not really a surprise because, you know, we all knew that the deck was good, but there are just so many placements of Lucario Melmetal in these four tournaments, right? Like high level placements, even winning a tournament. So I think that Lucario Melmetal GX um, is really coming into its own in this format. Uh, It's definitely a deck that has had some success, but it's like very scattered, right? It's not a deck that I think people play very much it's not like a popular deck per se and i think it's partially because it's slow you know if i think as a player like it's more fun to play turbo and it's more fun to play Pika rom right like those decks mm-hmm. hit really hard they play really fast you know like it's entertaining but if you have a little bit more patience lucario melmetal does very well against most of the same things in the meta kevin uh, i believe it was kevin clemente actually today put out an article as well on one of the article sites, uh, where he details, you know, his Lucario Melmetal deck. Um, I think that's one that he did fairly well with at another tournament, maybe a Neil Pie. So definitely something to check out if you're interested in that deck. But yeah, it's it's I think coming into the forefront of the meta right now. Not really sure if it's tier one. I think it is a meta dependent deck, but currently it's in a good spot right now. So that for me was the most surprising thing is just seeing how many people are adopting Luke metal as the preferred zassian partner at the moment
0: if you want to read kevin's article it is on 60cards.net you can go check out his tweet to link you right to it or if you want to do uh, through the website 60cards.net it's a pretty good thing um, i like it um I think you should read it. Kevin's a huge brain. We've talked about him a couple of times on our short stint so far on the podcast. So looking pretty good. And you look at Lucario Mamano, you know, play second, third, eighth in the tag bolt, um, tag bolt event. It also had an appearance at fourth in the last chance qualifier. It won the Hegster. Um, and then also in perfection two, it also appeared as uh, 12th and 15th. So a lot of people playing it a lot of people liking it and it, again like you said it's just different it has pretty good spread across most if not all the meta especially when you talk about blocephalon you know not seeing as much in my personal opinion um especially with people taking against it with like so many different like plant stamp or like marnie plant combinations you know yeah um You know, Blacephalon appeared... It was top 8 in the PokéX, but it placed 7th overall. It was also um, 10th and 16th in Perfection. So only one top 10 finish over there. And I really think kind of how we talked about, like, Dragapult, like, we've teched against it. We've done a lot of stuff um, to counter it and kind of keep it at bay in the meta. I think that really also brings up decks like Lucario Melmetal, you know, that have that fire weakness. But, you know, if if Blacephalon's not being played a lot, you know, you do your meta analysis. Um, it it's could be, it could take you a long way. I really want to call it tier one because I like the deck a lot.
1: I mean, it's a good deck. It's, uh, yeah, I wonder how it will fare in Darkness Ablaze moving forward, right? Like, I think that this is its time. And I don't necessarily think that it will survive the rotation because you, you lose metal frying pan, right? And you lose metal frying pan at the same time. Send a Scorch VMAX comes onto the scene and oof, that, that's not great. That's not great. But if you like Luke Metal, play it now or, or, or forever hold your peace, so to speak.
0: Yeah, use it to get your uh, last couple things of tournament rep. Is that if that is something that you aspire to uh, be a part of, I fully support you. Even though I'm not doing the event.
1: Yeah, um, it's it's a good it's a good deck for it too because it has a good matchup against a variety of different decks. It has a good matchup against vanilla Dragapult, uh, against mm-hmm. Pika So the decks that people are probably gonna bring bring the most, even you know baby blowns, it can have a good matchup against if they if you have the right cards like stamp and stuff like that. So. Yeah,
0: one one deck that I kind of want to mention, you know, we saw in the Limitless Qualifier, it absolutely takes Storm tomb. That is a deck that is essentially non-existent in these rankings. The only finish that it had in like the top cuts or the top spots in any of these events was uh, 13th in the Perfection 2. Um, so, it also or, I'm 11th. sorry, it also placed 11th. Yeah. Yes. Yeah um but any like that's still not top 10 right no. for a deck that placed first and second in the L- limitless invitational that was also in top 8 of the fourth limitless qualifier so Sean I know like when we first did the recording I actually really liked your uh some of your points that you made kind of talk about how you think Tomb has or the meta has evolved against Tomb, whether that's through text or other different factors
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things, right? Uh, When you listen to Luke, Celia's Network, talk about Spiritomb in one of his videos, that deck seemed particularly good for the 16-person tournament that was the Limitless Invitational. So, you know, you have such a small group of people that are playing in that, and all of those people now, you have had four tournaments to understand, you know, to some degree, what decks that they seem to vibe with, right? And, you know, for other people like Azul you kind of know what they're probably going to bring to the table. They're, they're going to run, you know, the, the Zacian combo deck. Once you kind of see what everyone else is going to run and you have a pretty good feel for it, right? Then you can say, okay, well, what deck is going to do pretty well against that meta? And I think, you know, Spiritomb at that moment in time just made sense, right? You have two people uh, that can bring Tomb to a 16-person tournament. So that means out of those 16, only 14 are the ones you have to actually worry about because two of you are playing Spirit Tomb. It really made sense because you knew that the buzz, the the Buzzwall is going to be good for the Picarom matchups. Um, the black market Prism Star is going to be good for the Zacian combos because they may not run but one stadium, if that, right? And then, you know, every other matchup, you kind of have a good matchup against. If anybody plays Dragapult, you hit them for weakness. I think it was a good call for that small event. I think where it struggles is once people know, A, that this deck is good and that it exists, it's pretty easy, I think, to counter in a variety of ways. Uh, Black Market is an easy counter if you play either Giratina from Unified Minds or if you just play your own stadiums, right? If you have enough stadiums to bump their Black Market Prism Star, then you're good to go. You have the Zacian combo decks starting to play Hoopa. Uh, The Hoopa that they are playing from, I believe it's also Unified Minds.
0: Yep, Unified Minds.
1: Yeah, it, it, it hits a little bit more damage based on the number of Pokemon with abilities uh, on your opponent's side of the field. But really, when you're playing against it, you don't have to hit that much damage. You're hitting a tomb that already has like three damage counters on it, probably. I, I think, you know, a variety of different decks. And I've been playing a lot of Dragapult personally. And what I've realized is that the second I see a tomb come down, the first thing on my mind is, all right, let me go get a Zigzagoon. Zigzagoon for one, put the five damage counters on, and now you have no Spiritomb's. And you just kind of like wipe the board with Spiritomb uh, as Dragapult. Like I at no point did I feel concerned uh, when I was playing Dragapult in some tournaments because I was just like, you cannot build spite if you are never alive for more than a turn. Right. I think for me, that was uh, a a big change of once people know what it is, know how to counter it, then okay, well, it's not going to do as well, especially in bigger
0: tournaments. And I don't I don't know if this is uh, 100 percent, but I I was told, I think when I was watching Azul stream that he had mentioned that Stefan had put in the Hoopa, Stefan Ivanov, a great player that a lot of people may know. Um, That's what I heard. I don't know. 100 percent sure. I can't be everywhere at once. It's hard for me to read every single article. But um, whoever made that shout outs to you. Um, But you also look at like what the Hoopa does like. You know, if you look at what it's replacing, the dusk main Necrozma, right? The little baby one that hits 60 on a GX. Like, that was used to, like, soften up things like ADP, Picaram. You know, those big tag teams that Zacian can't really one-shot in Zacian combo. I'm surprised nobody thought of it before. Because Hoopa used to be a thing that appeared in a lot of decks, right? Well, yeah, um, before, was- I think, even... It was I think when Unified, because, from, sorry, yeah. what?
1: <laughs> no, I think it was a good tech for Tina um, Tags, right? For Spell Tag Malamar.
0: Yeah, like Spell Tag Malamar. And I know, like, I'm pretty sure that before, or like when Unified Minds came out, I'm pretty sure Pikaram played it. They might have, yeah. I'm pretty sure I remember, like, having a one of Hoopa in that, not only for, like, the Mali Tags, but also for, like, the Mirror at the time. Well, also people like myself were playing uh, Blacephalon GX, so there's a lot of abilities there too. So, like, yes, <laughs> so yeah, Naginators. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I love that deck. That was my favorite deck, and I played it so much. But, anyways, um, I just like B string. Um, anyways, that's kind of do. Do we have any final words on like the results before we jump into the the different things that are upcoming in the trading card game?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't have anything else on the results, personally. I think uh, and combo and Luke Metal seem to be doing very well. Uh, Pikaram is still, you know, hanging around. It's a good deck. And uh, I personally have been really digging Dragapult. I feel like it has a very good matchup spread as well, surprisingly. And depending on the version you play, you can even, you can even beat Luke Metal. So I quite like, uh, I quite like my Dragapult.
0: Yeah, and I just want to leave off this topic with a little food for thought. When does control come back? And that's all I'm going to say about that. I, I, I like control. It's the only top cut I in. It's the only top cut I've had in a cup. So uh, I, I have a, I have a soft spot for that style. So like playing for my opponent. Anyways,
1: disgusting.
0: Disgust. If you want to talk about disgusting. There's a there's a lot of great stuff happening in products releasing by Pokemon. They're releasing a bunch of new things. One of the things that we know and you probably have heard the trainers toolkit, all of the contents were revealed, not just the uh, not just the uh, little things that we got the picture of probably like last week. You know, we see a lot of different stuff. Um in terms of all of the different trainers, so um, there's a lot of value in this. Sean, do you want to go over all of those cards? Oh my, um, I certainly don't know that, bring all that of them. value.
1: But I will say, it, you know, the trainers toolkit is an awesome product. It has two of the alternate art Dedenes. They're full art cards with texture. They're amazing. If you like Dedenne, if you like that chonky boy, this is the best art you can get of it. And the card will stay it. legal for another year. So it is a wonderful investment. Uh, and on top of that, you get two of those, right? Which is a huge value, probably between $15 and $20 of value right there. Mm-hmm. And then you also get two bosses' orders. Now, the bosses' orders are not holographic or reverse or anything like that. They are just straight up non-hollow. Two non-hollow bosses' orders is still probably $10 worth of value. So from just those four cards, you're looking at probably... Twenty-five to thirty dollars worth of value, easy in a thirty-dollar box.
0: And like a lot of the, a lot of the stuff, because you get like, you get like two cards of a lot of different trainers. You know, and you talk about Malone Lana, Marnie, Welder, Professor's Research, Greens. Several like really good supporters, but it doesn't just stop there. You know, you talk about the different items that you get. Metal Saucer, Ordinary Rod, Air Balloon, Tool Scrapper, Fire Crystal, Vitality Band. You can even add as a not that bad of a card switch. Maybe if you didn't have switches already. Um, and then you talk about stadiums. You have um, you have Giant Hearth, which is a pretty good stadium for different fire decks. Um, and then turffield Stadium. The stadiums are probably like the most underwhelming part of the toolkit, which kind of like really speaks volume. And then you talk about the special energies as well. Two aurors, two twins, two speeds. This thing slaps.
1: If you combine this with another product that they just released. So let's talk about the Pikachu and Zekrom battle deck that they released a few weeks back. Mm -hmm. That thing is also amazing. You basically have an 80% finished Picaram deck. Now, I don't know how good Picaram is going to be after rotation, but take that battle deck, take this trainer's toolkit, all you need is a couple of Boltons, and you basically have a tier one, tier two deck for like $60 maybe, $70. Like that's, that's absolutely insane that you can put all of that together. A deck that probably would have cost maybe $150 three months ago. Uh, and it's now, um, just like $70 that that's the best way to get entry into the game. And, you know, for Pokemon as well, it's huge for them because it's easy for a parent or whatever to bring a kid or anybody into the game at just 50 to $70 at a,
0: at a competitive level. level. And, you know, kind of talking about The different entries, you know, we talk about these specific decks or these specific boxes that have all of these competitive cards in it. There's also a lot of other things that are doing real well in terms of giving us things that are going to be competitive, including some awesome tins. Now, two of the three tins I don't really think are going to matter. I'm talking about the Pikachu, the EVV and the Eternatus the tins now upon that sentence you probably know which one i'm talking about being competitive and being a really good uh tin so sean maybe talk about the importance of like Eternatus v coming out in a tin with its own like promo card
1: yeah i mean yet again it just like pokemon is releasing a product and they've actually announced this product which they have to do right for the purpose of distributors and and Mm -hmm. card shops but They've decided to put what is probably going to be one of the chase cards uh, for competitive at least in Darkness Ablaze into a tin that you just get automatically. Now, the tin is not necessarily cheap. I think we have landed on like their $25 MSRP.
0: Yep, $25 USD.
1: But like the card that you get out of there right now, that's retailing in Japan, the Japanese version for $10 the card and you get five packs. So... Five packs at four dollars each plus a ten dollar card is already thirty dollars. Now that'll certainly drive the price down the fact that this tin exists. But if you want to build the Eternatus deck, it's gonna be a lot cheaper to just either go buy singles. That's always the cheapest. But
0: yeah, just, if, just go. That's what I do personally.
1: But if you want I'm like poor. to have product that you can open as well, like go buy this Eternatus tin, right? Go buy the tin. And then you can have five packs as well. You can get a couple of tins, see what you pull out of the packs, and and then and then uh you can go buy the other product. Jake, do you want to talk about the other awesome product that's coming out at the same time?
0: Yeah. So this other product, well, I'll first mention that the uh the tins that we were just talking about, those come out on September 4th. Just wanna drop that day right there so then everybody knows. This also drops on September 4th, which is super surprising. In my opinion, they're releasing a premium collection box. Um, It's got two foil cards. It's got a jumbo card, which sure. I mean, I don't know what you guys do with the jumbo cards. It comes with six packs as well. I looked at the pack art. I have determined what the packs are. Um, Image is probably not final, though. So the 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 packs may change, right? They could have just been packs to kind of fill up the box for the time being. You've got two Darkness of Blaze packs, one Sword Shield, one Cosmic Eclipse, which is kind of cool because Cosmic Eclipse, they've told distributors that they're not printing that anymore. Fun fact. Um, But you also have Steam Siege, Monka S, and uh, Burning Shadows, which is a it's it's cool, in my opinion. It's cool to keep sealed and stuff. But anyways, this is really exciting to me because not only do you get an Eternatus V as well in this. Which, by the way, the Eternatus V is a full art. It's not just a regular art like it is in the tin. It's a full art, which is a higher rarity, more value coming in. But also, it comes with an Eternatus VMAX. So by buying this box, retailing at uh, 40. $50, $40, $40 USD, um, you get a 1-1 line already of... Eternatus V V which is pretty cool considering that we don't have any boxes yet that have Charizard, the poster child of Pokemon. These are just two awesome
1: products, like the premium collection that comes out and then the tin with Eternatus that basically tells people like Pokemon knows that this deck is going to be good. Mm-hmm. There is, there is no doubt in Pokemon's mind that this is going to be a top tier deck. And they're like, we want to make it as accessible as possible to people right out the gate. Because like, look, the, the DNA that they are printing in the toolkit is amazing, but it did take them a year to print it, right? To to make this trainer's toolkit available. This time, however, they're just straight up giving you all the goodies out the gate. The set releases on August fourteenth, and three weeks after that, you can go and just straight up buy Eternatus off the shelf.
0: It's like it's actually phenomenal in my opinion. Like the entry, like we see, like for those of you that I I follow, like all things Pokemon, because I work for. Uh, full-time Pokemon creators, you know, and and a lot of the conversations with Sword and Shield and, like, the new games and the DLC is, like, the entryway into the video game competition, VGC, um, and how it's, like, becoming so easier and Pokemon's doing all these things. Pokemon's doing that for the TCG. It's a little bit different um, because you have to buy, you have to buy, like, the cards, you have to buy the products, but they're releasing all of these things that are just so much easier to enter into the game um, because they're, they're aware of like the meta in Japan, how that's, how that's playing out, how Eternatus is running storm. Nobody's talking about Senate though, in my opinion. Um, but anyways, I, I digress, you know, it's so exciting to see these different things. And I'm, I'm super excited. I can't really buy a lot of product cause I'm poor. Um, still in college, grad school, whatever. Um, but it's it makes me happy.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, like, I wish that they would have the same level of uh, interest in improving the online experience as they do with uh, with their offline uh, marketing promotions and all that stuff. But
0: don't uh, make me get on my soapbox for this. No, you got to get <laughs> on
1: your soapbox in a second. But before you get on your soapbox uh, about non non Pokemon company stuff. I think there was a couple of other promos that you wanted to talk about.
0: Um, So, yeah. So, Pokemon in Japan uh, released these starter decks, these V starter decks. It comes with um, some Pokemon Vs that are up and coming and then it kind of like builds a deck around it. This is something that we won't see in America in terms of the actual like product, like the decks and how they're compiled. But, um... If history is correct, you know, and we follow history, we'll see all of these V cards. Now, um, with the tins and the products, I was looking at Pokey Guardian. Just want to give them a shout out real quick. Forgot to say that in the beginning. Now I'm on Pokey Beach in terms of these starter decks. Um, but there's a couple cards these v cards that i kind of like a couple being two of them one a little bit more than the other the one that i'm most excited about lucario v we've known about this guy for a couple weeks now but if you don't know what it is um it's a fighting pokemon basic 210 hp uh its first attack one fighting does 40 damage attack does 20 to one of your opponent's bench pokemon cool Um, But then Fighting Fighting Colorless does 180 damage. Can't use Beat Smash during your next turn. You know, we look at uh, up or not, I'm sorry, not Dragapult, Eternatus V upcoming in Darkness Ablaze. We look at Picaram right now, as if Picaram wasn't going to hurt enough um, when the rotation happened. But it might give enough, in my opinion, justification to make... Lucario, You know, we talk about we have the Fury Belt. We'll still have uh, the Fighting Dojo. We lose Diancie. I think that this could be a deck that people play to counter the upcoming meta and do well with, you know? So, uh, but that's enough of mine. Do you have any rebuttals of Lucario V? I mean,
1: I've got no rebuttals. I think that it, uh, as you said, it's well-poised, right? Like, if Eternatus is good, which everyone thinks, and... Knowing that, you know, Picaram and Bolton and all of that also are going to be a thing. Uh, Maybe not to the same degree they are now, but there's a lot for fighting weakness to really (laughs) hit against. And so because of that, I think it could do well. Now, do I think that there's going to be a straight Lucario deck? I don't know. I would love to see like what else pairs with Lucario, like what kind of combo. Um, Maybe you do Lucario-Sandaconda v mm-hmm. uh i've heard a lot of talk about sandaconda v maybe being a good deck once Darkness of blaze comes out
0: i mean it's been it's been like a not too bad yeah of a deck it's been a fun rogue deck to play right now before and, the rotation uh, with colossal
1: and another thing i think is important is uh i think we also have this a Crabominable, uh that i don't know if people are talking about too much but it does two colorless and i want to say that the two colorless uh for an, a stage one, two colorless, I think it can KO an Eternatus VMAX.
0: Uh, you said this was Crabominal. Is this in the set list no, for no, this is uh, an old Dark card. of Blaze? This is like this a is card old from card? Like a few
1: sets ago. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember, but somebody posted it on Verbank or, or Hey Fonte or something. And it's just now coming back to me. But I do think that you could maybe even see a, uh, a fighting box, if you will. Because, like, I don't think you need to build around Lucario as a soul fighting type, like a fighter fighting Pokemon. I think you could build a box and then, like, have Colossal be like maybe part of your engine and Turbo Patch be the other half. And
0: really, like, you have a lot of options. So, the card that you're talking about, Crabominal from Unbroken Bonds, which you'll see past rotation, has four retreat costs, which. I don't know if you want to invest in buff padding, but that would make it effectively a 190 HP Pokemon. I've seen how hard sometimes 190 is with the Luxray deck that came up in one of the qualifiers, but two colorless, 30 base damage. But if you have fewer Pokemon in play than your opponent, this attack does 50 more damage for each Pokemon, fewer you have in play. Like you said, with Eternatus, you know... um, Yep. Being a good deck, that thrives off of having more Pokemon in play. So if and you that, can...
1: That is a single attachment for turn because if you think about it, it's twin just one, yeah, one twin energy. So mm. I think that is like, I really think fighting box as an archetype is probably something you'll see as long as Eternatus is top tier.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it'll be really interesting. I don't know because it is an evolution. Um, the fighting decks are as slow as is. And I don't know, especially with like bosses' orders running around. I don't know, like, because as soon as you put down that crap or uh, crab brawler, I think the Pokemon's yep. called. Yep. Um, your opponent's probably going to know what's going on, right? And they'll probably chase that. I, I guess. mean, they can chase it. I mean, look, if I'm Eternatus, right? I only have to put
1: it down against Eternatus. And if I'm Eternatus, I'm like, you know, hey, if I'm playing against them, I don't put Cabralla down early. I wait till they have a full bench. And mm-hmm. then if I am Eternatus. Do I really want to waste a boss's order going after a one prizer? Like, that feels so bad. And the thing is, any of the other Pokemon I'm playing against can probably Oko me anyways. So it's like, well, crap. <laughs> I got to pick which, which Pokemon I want to get knocked out by. Do I want to get knocked out by, you know, Crabominable? Do I want to get knocked out by Lucario? Or do I want to get knocked out by Sandaconda?
0: Hmm. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I don't know with... Um If you try to go like the Sanaconda route, I don't know if using Crabominable would be super... It would be like a one-of.
1: Yeah, Um, maybe like a one-one line or a two-two line at most. But I don't know. It's interesting. I really do think, though, that some sort of a a box-style deck with fighting Pokemon for different moments
0: in time could be really good. Yeah, we'll just... We'll have to see about it but uh which which one of these starter decks which one of the v cards sean are you most excited about
1: well i i am most excited about the waylord v which i know i know everybody's gonna meme on this deck uh and this card because yeah look it's waylord it has 280 hp as a basic pokemon which is absolutely insane
0: disgusting as a normal v
1: gross and and you can throw a toughness cape or whatever it's going to be called, or even a buff padding, it doesn't matter which one you can raise its HP by 50 so now it's a 330 HP basic Pokemon like, this is nuts and and like, this type of thing is, is not something that like, okay, well yeah, it's super beefy, but it only does 90 damage, or it only does 100 damage, no it's second attack, it's first attack is probably trash, don't worry about it It's second attack.
0: I mean, if you, I don't, well, yeah, it's kind of trash, but anyways, continue.
1: But like you put this in Frostmoth for four energy. It's second attack does 120 times the number of heads you flip and you flip three coins, right? So you could potentially swing for 360 damage with this thing. And let me tell you, there are ways to manipulate that. You have will in format. And then you also are getting Glimwood Tangle, which is a stadium that lets you reflip coins. Now, I think we debated this yesterday, Jake, where we're like, I don't know. If yeah, we don't. Lets, we're
0: not 100 sure on the ruling of like how you decide
1: how many coins to flip. Like, can yeah. you reflip all three? Uh, meaning, like, if you flip three and you don't like that you only got two out of three, can you tap Glimwood Tangle and then reflip all three, or do you have to decide? exactly when you want to reflip and you can only reflip the most recent coin flip
0: let me try to pull it up as we're um sitting here but my thought is like also you know i i i have will maybe because will is a uh Mm -hmm. will is a card that manipulates coin flips that could be decent for the deck possibly if you're playing maybe like i don't know like miss magius lieutenant surge i don't know that's an idea that just popped up in my head it would be gross, and I would hate it, but it's it's a possibility. I don't yeah. know. You heard it here first. but, <laughs> um so like you you choose that coin flip, you flip another coin. Oh, nuts, man. I hit tails. i'll I'll redo it with glimwood tangle. Boom, you hit heads. You flip another coin. Do you get to redo that coin? No, as well, because that would be no. Cause like, no, it's like, it like any stadium,
1: right? You can only use a stadium once. Like you can't use okay.
0: more than once, uh, or giant heart be, or whatever. That would be disgusting. Cause I didn't play during the time that like the Victini was kind of prevalent. Um, so, so I actually don't know like how that ruling goes. So Flip Tini, I'm pretty sure was
1: the same in that. Like, I don't know if you could reflip a whole set. I don't know about that, but I know that it's like an ability like Jirachi where like you would use it and that's when you use it. That's it right which i'm like okay that makes sense uh but anyways like if you between will and glimwood tangle the idea of getting two or maybe even three heads you know you can guarantee one with will check Mm -hmm. if you get lucky then you could certainly end up getting three
0: i just i i don't like the idea of coin flips because i feel like i always flip tails and my opponent always flips heads And it's somewhat unfair, even though I did like an entire day on like doing legit coin flip only decks and finding out like what the odds actually were on PTCGO. But I think it would be really cool to see this deck prosper.
1: Oh yeah, and that another thing, the reason I like it, three hundred and thirty HP on this thing. If you have one of those items or uh, like attachments, Mm -hmm. and like that means that even if you aren't the luckiest person in the world. You can survive usually and try again,
0: which is yeah. Like, you could probably tank a hit.
1: Yeah, most of the coin flip decks are on Pokemon that like basically die to any other Pokemon in the in the format instantly. So you basically get one shot, and those those cards you usually have to evolve into them. So it's kind of a lot of work. This is easy. I'm I'm am I'm a big fan. Uh, it's definitely very as as they like to say sacky. It's a, it's a it's a sack of a, of a deck to build, but. <laughs> I just want to also figure out how to like pair this Waylord and the coin flippingness with like crazy healing. Uh, but I'm oh, not really stop. sure how one would do that.
0: You just uh Mallow and
1: Lana. Yeah. But I mean, I if know. I want to will, I can't will and Mallow and Lana without Lieutenant Surge. I'm
0: telling I'm like, oh. you, Miss Magius Lieutenant Surge. I mean, Pierrotina maybe Tina Garchomp did it. You could even maybe pair this with like the Mr. Rhyme, right? Cause doesn't oh, the yeah. Mr. Rhyme, it's a water Pokemon first off, but doesn't it, um, block. It blocks damage damage counters counters from Dragapult. Yep. So like you could protect your Frostmoth that way, or you could just play like, well, I don't know if you're, you run like a two, two line of like glimwood tangle and sky pillar. Well, we lose sky pillar. So chop,
1: chop that up. I think you were right. The first time, Mr. Rhyme, if, if Dragapult is still a deck when this comes Mm -hmm. out, then yeah, Mr. Rhyme is good. Uh, pair that with your Frostmoth on the bench and you could just, you could put another whalelord down and then just like Mallow and Lana pivot between them every turn. It's just nuts.
0: Or just Dragapult is way too slow and a turn into Max just absolutely blasted out of the meta. Yeah, but as somebody anyway. who
1: just played that deck and uh, made uh, some videos about it. Uh, shameless plug my turn for a shameless plug
0: <laughs> <laughs> no not allowed on my p- I'm just kidding yeah. uh, I,
1: can, I can say right now that uh, unless Dragapult has some serious changes it's going to struggle against
0: Eternatus oh yeah Th- I, that doesn't surprise me at all one more card that I want to talk about in these little starter decks we kind of knew about this card a little bit um, and it's not it's not necessarily something that I think is going to be like top tier but I've had like some ideas about it um is slow galarian slowbro v now galarian slowbro one of my favorite galarian forms cuz he's like little mega man he's a little mega man with the uh with the shelter clunching onto his hand but its ability it's a dark type pokemon basic 210 hp quick draw poison once during your turn if this pokemon is your active pokemon you may leave your opponent's active pokemon poison now the attack dark dark colorless don't really care about it 130 Defending Pokemon Camera Tree during the next turn. We don't really care about that. That's it's only the only reason I'm thinking about it is the ability. Cause you look at, you know, some of the decks right now. I made a video when Emery Taylor played Toxtricity VMAX in the Limitless Qualifier, made a day two appearance. I believe it also appeared in Qualifier four. Not necessarily Emery, but somebody else, um, I think, played Toxtricity VMAX and made a day two as well. But, um, this Pokemon, if you if you think about it, like one of the things that maybe Toxtricity struggles with is it struggles with multiple evolutions, right? Because you have to evolve the Garbodor, you have to evolve the Toxtricity um, in order to get the poison off, right? So then you can do more damage with Toxtricity VMAX, you know, hitting those bigger decks. Um, with Slowbro, there's a basic Pokemon that you can just slap down. And if you play a deck like... Or you play a card like Dark City, right? Because we're still gonna have ex- energy acceleration in Tapu Koko, because um, that is going to be from Team Up, so it survives the rotation. What if you played a lot of Dark Cities? So Dark City says your basic Pokemon uh, have free retreat, so you don't have to worry about the air balloon. You know, you put in you put in the Unbroken Bonds Marshadows so then you can get rid of like something like a Swell. I don't, I don't think it would make it like a tier one deck, but I do think it'd be something cool to like play around with the idea and, and have some fun with to have one of those, like more like fun tier three decks, tier three decks, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I think what it does is to your point, it just makes Toxtricity better. Like, because you know, you're right having to evolve into a Garbodor and it's just, it's awkward. It's super awkward. I played against one today on ladder they never got the Garbodor up. And when you have things like Dragapult or even things like Decidueye or Salamence V and VMAX. Ah, uh,
0: Decidueye. I love Decidueye.
1: Like those decks ping the bench, right? So if you don't mm-hmm. get your Garbodor up real quick, that thing's going to be blasted out of the water. So mm-hmm. something like a Glary and it's good because, you know, you can play those Dark Cities, make it your pivot Pokemon, poison the active, and then almost like, you know, guarantee yourself to a, to a degree uh, poison, which is something Toxtricity just can't do. People are even running Koga's Trap in Toxtricity today because I
0: hate Koga's Trap. It's too slow. It's yeah. too slow. It
1: does not. It does not work. It is slow. It yeah. It's just. It's not good. So I think this makes Toxtricity much better. The question is, does this make it better than it is when it loses E power? Right, like that.
0: Yeah, that, that's, the, that t- that's the toughest part about lightning decks.
1: Side note, another deck, uh, you know, after I posted some videos, uh, people were talking about, you know, maybe Inteleon VMAX gets a little bit of a, a reprieve. It's not a bad deck, but if lightning decks start to struggle, finally, without E-Power or Thunder Mountain, do, do decks like Inteleon that have this controlly nature to them, you know, do they do well in a meta where maybe people aren't, running a lot of, uh, energy acceleration. Mm-hmm. So that's just a total side note, but Jake, are you ready to get on your soapbox?
0: I, I think so. I think I am. I, I'm literally standing now ready because well, last time when we recorded this, I was like shaking and sweating. <laughs> so, uh, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe standing will help. Are your palms I sweaty? Like standing? I Knees, knees weak, weak. mom. spaghetti Ugh. there's
1: vomit on mom's your sweater spaghetti.
0: already well, I, I, I like wanted to make spaghetti night low key but I realized that I didn't have any spaghetti noodles and I'm too lazy to go uh, go to the grocery store today just for spaghetti noodles is this you your soapbox rant
1: how lazy you what? are to go to get spaghetti noodles
0: oh yeah you guys thought that it was actually going to be like a cool rant but <laughs> it's actually how I'm too lazy and uh, I need to I need to get my life together. Just kidding. I think my life's going all right. All right.
1: Begin. Begin the rant.
0: All right. So I'm going to botch the name up of this person that we're talking about. Um, And I apologize. I've listened to him on interviews from people like Celios Network. Um, I've seen him in results. Great player. His first name is Lee. His last name, I don't know how to say it. I'm going to say... I don't know. I don't even know. Boy, I'm you gonna go out and say it could Bui. be you, Bui,
1: "bui," yeah. yeah,
0: we, um, I'm so sorry. Feel free to send me a DM or type it out, tag me on Twitter about how to say your last name, uh, because I, I have a last name that people don't really pronounce right the first time and I absolutely hate it. So I a hundred percent know how that feels, but anyways, that's not the rant. The rant is not that I am super bad at english cuz we already know that's apparent. Um Lee was participating in a tournament. I don't one of the x tournaments. I don't exactly know which one, but he played against a person named Boo? cal Calambu, Kolambu. Um and they played their match. Lee won. Um and I I'm pretty sure that Lee won pretty handedly. Um, Because after the win, Colum, or whoever this fuckhead is, I'm sorry, um, sent like 19 messages, straight messages, in a span of minutes, saying, what was that BM? Yikes. Can't answer. Reckon I hit a nerve. I reckon you're older than eight. Perfect for a mental experiment. Might want to check on that. Feel bad that you need to BM at the end of the end of the game to feel superiority that you rarely get worst part is you didn't have any skills mind you upon that upon that phrase you didn't need any skills you have no skills um lee placed top 16 in the limitless qualifier with adp zashian which is a deck that basically everybody's written off right now so uh i don't know if i would say that uh lee has no skills so this person essentially. Um, Try to go off hurt. on Lee. Wait, I'm sorry, what? I
1: was saying they were just butt hurt.
0: They, they were 100% butt hurt about this loss. And just like making notes about like mental health and like it's it's truly disgusting in my opinion. I am a big proponent. Um, I, I represent a lot of student athletes within the NCAA and I have a lot of conversations about mental health, uh, um, I lost my train of thought, Um, sexual misconduct, which we'll get into later, Um, and then also um, discrimination. I have a lot of conversations about that, and I represent a lot of people that need help with that um, in terms of trying to promote change. And I, one, don't stand for this shit, which is exactly why I've called out this specific person by name. I mean, it's people need to realize one, when you lose, take your loss, kid, and find out how you get the win next time. All right. There's no reason to if you're mad about a loss, if you truly think that someone BM'd you, which I don't think Lee did. If you lose anybody listening, if you lose in anything, I don't care whether it's. Uh, local bingo night with your grandparents. Okay. I don't care if it's a Pokemon tournament. I don't care if you uh, got denied alone. You know, you adults out there, don't try to blow somebody up and, you know, assume and just make these quick jabs. Like if you, if you don't, for the example of you didn't win, all right. You got outplayed, you know, maybe your deck absolutely bricked. In what right mind? Because and this is the problem that this is the problem that like technology brings in the internet because people feel like that because they're behind a screen you can't really see them you know um, it's one of those things where like say it to my face you know like I think if this person and Lee were standing right next to each other like this kid wouldn't say shit oh my gosh it's it's all talk it's all talk and people think that they've got this high horse they think they're so entitled well. Colin Boo, I don't see you in the Smash GG results making top 16 in any of the limitless qualifiers. All right. I don't, I don't see, oh, it just makes me so mad. And just like the worst part about it is this person, super serious, you know, Lee had said, um, Lee had said, like, hey, you know, this is kind of incredibly toxic. There's no reason to pop off. How low of a self esteem <laughs> and how low. Or, or how insecure do you have to be in order to just go out of your way and just like, how does this make so- I don't like understand yeah. like how making fun of somebody else like this, I need to like, put I almost knocked my water. I need to put my water down. I need to put it over there. All right. Cause I'm banging on my desk right now. How does this make somebody, I don't understand. I like, I can't okay. fathom how this makes somebody feel good. Yeah.
1: No, I like, I think that uh, for me, yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement. It's like, it's nuts. Uh, and I think your point about you wouldn't do this at a local event for the most well, I'm part. I'm sure
0: some people would, but sure. like... I mean, some people but like would, but, It's the factor of like, you're behind the screen,
1: yeah. right? Yeah, it's just like, you know, you wouldn't get away with this at a local game either because it's like, people would be like, what are you doing? Like, what, sit down, get out of here. What do you You know, you're going to go to a local tournament. You live there. I'm assuming that means that you probably see these people every time you want to go to an event, you know, but online, you're like, you figure I'll never see this person again. There's enough people in the Pokemon community that odds of you actually meeting them in person are probably pretty low. Who knows where this person lives? Maybe they're not in America and the majority of players are in America. So yeah, odds that they'll run into each other low. So
0: I don't think like... Like the, the problem with this is I bet this person is going to go to a Pokemon event when they start back up because I, th- and so like, for those of you that don't know, um, probably about, was it like a month ago? Um, several people from Indiana, several players that some of them are well known in the community were exposed as racist, pedophilic, you know, just overall like disgusting pieces of human beings. Right. Um, and with with support tickets, like, we had those screenshots, you know, we can f- we can file a support ticket and we can take action on that. We'll never know the result, right? Because, like, that's not something that TPCI does. They, they just can't tell why somebody is banned. Pokemon's not going to do anything about this. Pokemon's not going to, like, there's not enough evidence in here to, like, in my mind for a company to be like, all right, we're going to ban this kid if I were to, per se, file a support ticket. What I would call to action though, I won't say any specific names because like you run you run you run what you do, and I didn't tell Sean that I was gonna say this before, so this is me representing me in my opinion. Um, I think that if you're a person that organizes tournaments and you run tournaments, you don't let this kid in. you like this is on a lot of these tournaments are free. a lot of these tournaments are through the good and want to just keep people being competitive don't let this fucking prick in in my opinion
1: I would agree that uh restricting their access to certain events is is probably appropriate given uh
0: especially because these events are just like popping up because like people need a way to be competitive so like yeah organizations are they're a lot different than Pokemon they don't really need to like Like this is enough justification and I'm not going to say any specific tournaments because, again, like you run those how you want. But if I'm running a tournament, you know, and I don't want a certain person in because I know they're toxic. I know they have problems because this person, you know, has a history of it. Vaughn O'Brien posted in the tweet that Leah showed these screenshots um, of this same person has the same name, which is awesome. Because before they were Discord, like Lee posted Discord screenshots, which you can change your name on Discord. So like the problem of like, we wouldn't know that person. But on PTCGO, they have the same name. And it's, I don't know of a way right now that you can change your name on PTCGO, right? <laughs> um, like you probably have to go through a lot of hoops and stuff that this person's probably not going to go through. No. I doubt it. You know, it has a history of being toxic, has the same name. I think you take that as a tournament organizer and you say, all right, I've got a ban list. People aren't allowed to play. This person, not allowed to play. Add them to the list. All right.
1: Reeling us in here. So I, I think uh, that was a very good rant. It was a very good soapbox. I agree with, uh, with your points about, you know, A, like, well, I don't know why this kid did this. And then also, like, you know, if you're an organizer and you know who this person is, yeah, maybe maybe consider you know, banning them or, or at the very least suspending them and having a conversation with this individual. Um, so I think, is there anything else that you wanted to cover before you wrap up for the day, Jake?
0: I just want to say in the last 48 hours, I've seen a lot of stories being shared, um, by both male and females about the sexual harassment, um, Experiences that they've had, horrific experiences that nobody should ever have to go through um, inside a close, tight knit Pokemon community, you know, whether that's the TCG, whether that's the VGC, whether that's just streamers, you know, like there's there's I won't say any names. um, But like there's there's content creators that I would watch play Pokemon games And uh, they're now horrible people, you know, and it's it's there's a lot of pain. Believe women. Believe victims. All right. Don't try to push is what I'm going to is what I'm going to say. Don't try to push. You know, if somebody is not ready to tell their story. Don't try to pry it out of them. All right. When a person is ready to share their experiences, their traumatic experiences, let them do that on their own because everybody, everybody heals differently. All right. And a lot of like these, these situations, there's a lot of untold stories. I can guarantee it. You know, I, I talk to, I talk to student athletes, um, at the NCAA level. And we, in, in the time that I've represented them, you know, we've made changes to like, um, to sexual harassment policies on campus. And we've been able to do these great things and everybody heals differently. Everybody has a different story, but there's so many that we don't know about. And even if you're not ready to speak it, that does not minimize, is that the right word? It does not like, is that the right word, Sean? Yeah,
1: I mean, it doesn't minimize the experience and how you feel.
0: It believe, believe victims, believe women. And I say, I add victims as well because there are men who experience these horrific instances. Right? It's not, we see a lot of it and it's most commonly female. Just that's what the numbers say. Um, but there are men who have to deal with these horrific situations. Take care of each other. All right. It comes to this point of like, do the right thing, right? Like think about, Think about your actions before you do them, right? No means no.
1: I think I, I just applaud everybody who's coming out in the community right now um, and sharing their stories. Uh, I think it's incredible that they're, they're doing that and, you know, support those people. And, you know, more, more, more so, not more so, but equally, uh, I think what really matters is like, you know, beyond just supporting people who are telling their stories, what happened to them in the past is... You know, if you have the opportunity to take action in moments where something is happening, that is the time when people need your support
0: the most. Um, and it, and it doesn't even have to be like someone you know, no. right? Do the right thing. It doesn't matter if you know the person or not. If you can recognize, there are so many different. You can get like so many different videos you can watch, and because like you may you may be in a situation where like, well, I don't know, like the different flags, you know, the different red flags. There are plenty of videos that you can watch that like describe there's so many good resources on, you know, on on official websites and dot orgs and things like that and that you can look up to to know those signs. So like if you're at a Pokemon event or just anywhere in life, if you're at the grocery store, you know, like anywhere, this is more, this is more than Pokemon. This is this is life. This is real life and being human beings do the right thing make the right decisions okay respect other people protect one another and i i'll sit down
1: yeah no i mean you know i agreed on all points um
0: all right well uh i think that should
1: actually wrap this one up so we'll leave you with those uh wonderful words uh to keep in mind but I think uh, back to the world of, of competitive Pokemon a bit uh, yeah you can Pokemon? catch uh, Jake he's also doing a, a pride uh, fundraiser by selling merch over on his Twitch channel so you can check that out link will be in the show notes um, and you can also check out my, my social medias as well I'm doing a lot of Darkness Ablaze stuff so uh, if that's something you're interested in check that out but Jake that is going to do it for me I'm sweating. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I will catch all of you uh, wonderful folks in a future episode. See you later.
0: Love you. Okay. Last bit, because I just saw this on Twitter before we actually hung up. Sign the petition to rename Columbus, Ohio, Flavortown in honor of Guy Ferrari. No, not Guy Ferrari. Guy Fieri. Guy, whatever. Guy Ferrari. He probably has a Ferrari. (laughs)